Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the UC Architects, the world's only exchange Skype for Business and Office 365 podcast. Today's show is recorded on Sunday the 16th of April 2017, Easter Sunday. Uh, I'm your host and I'm full of eggs, MVP <laughs> Steve Goodman. Uh, and this week I'm joined by John Cook and nobody else. So uh, thankfully for some people, this will go a little bit off topic. Uh, and thankfully to some other people, we'll have a little bit of a, a smaller, more intimate crew today. Uh, so, John, how are you? Good. Good to be back. Uh, it's been a while. I, I, missed, I missed a couple on the, uh, when we were still you know, doing it more regularly. Uh, well, yeah, but, uh, I think, uh, I think yeah, but I'm, I'm giving up my Easter. How, 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 how's that for commitment, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, I've stopped eating eggs for at least one hour this evening. I'm well, actually, all my, all my food is in, in the sous vide, so I'm actually covered until <laughs> until it's done. So. Well, it's late here, so I've, I might have two more Easter eggs before I go to bed, uh, and then just have a couple more before I go on holiday in the morning. Uh, actually, it reminds me, I think I get, I, I, I'm making a leg of lamb, and it's been in the sous vide for almost 23 hours. i got to take it out soon. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. Uh, actually, we, we did have, like, a, a proper, like, well, we, we had, like, a Christmas dinner around my mother-in-law's today, um, which was kind of weird. And to be honest, I've only eaten one egg, which is just a massive disappointment. <laughs> well, there's a whole basket of candy down there, too. I'm not, not going to touch. Oh, there, there's absolutely tons. Absolutely tons. Uh, so... Without further ado, we should uh, start off what is season two. That's what we've decided to call the six-month break. Um, you know, we've been away thinking of new ideas for the show, waiting for some really good stuff to come out of Microsoft. That's the reason. It's not that we just keep accidentally forgetting to, to do this podcast <laughs> at all. Um, no, well, sometimes it's like herding cats, right? It's like it's hard to get everyone no, scheduled. No, and no, no. no. This place. is all part of the plan. <laughs> this is absolutely exactly it's what like, we've been trying to do all it's like Netflix. We're just we're going to a Netflix model. We're gonna we're gonna record a bunch and you can just binge listen to them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. You want for tomorrow? <laughs> sure. If I, I'm not. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Though. You get you know, get a meeting invite. Who can attend? No one. Okay. And this is the thing, right? You know, everybody gets really really busy, uh, and probably I think what what it shows more than anything is people think that the days of UC, Sky for Business and Exchange are over but the fact that so many of us are so so busy and we're actually struggling more than ever to fit this in uh, probably goes a long way to say how busy we all are these days uh, and you know how many people in our jobs are actually probably busier than they've ever been uh, you were just saying that you couldn't do your job without being able to juggle loads and loads of clients at the same time uh, with a Mac Pro that's right. No, 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 we were talking before we started uh, about you know like the yeah. Apple's middle that you know that they maybe you know went the wrong direction uh, on the Mac Pro initially, and you know people complain it has been updated. But you know I just tweeted not too long ago. I mean I I live and die by my Mac Pro. I couldn't do what I do. Um, for me, it's not you know a failure or outmoded in any stretch. It's still the fastest you know desktop I've ever used. You know, and and it, the stuff I can do with it is absurd. Um, so. There you go. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the new uh, MacBook I'll Pro say, too. So nah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was saying, uh, you know, how do you, uh, how, how do you, you know, really need a Mac Pro to be so fast? Because I've got my little server thing sitting in the corner, runs a bunch of VMs, does all my stuff. Uh, I was going to update it this year because I bought it in 2012. 
Uh, and I just can't find a good reason for it because I don't need it to be super fast. I just need it to run lots of. Well, for me, I mean, I prefer you know, obviously, you know, uh, I, and again, I'm I'm, prob- I'm probably the most, the most the definition of corner case in terms of my workflow, in terms of what you know, I, I'm clearly I make my living as a Windows guy, right? I mean, you know, so I'm I'm in a Windows mm-hmm. box of some kind, twenty four seven, right? But I prefer the Mac to be the wrapper for that because I like OS X for for a lot more reasons than I want to do Windows ten. I mean, I, I mean, I, in, in front of me, I literally have. You know, I have a a, 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 a little um, Intel NUC, you know, and a yeah. twenty-three, you know, t- touchscreen kind of like as a. Well, I have, I have, I have, I have my poor man's um, Surface Studio, right? So I have like a, yeah. you know, the, the new Dell touchscreen monitor. It's you know, kind of like almost flat in front of me, right? So I could use that as blah blah. blah. And that's what I'm using right now. Uh, I have my Surface Pro Four, I have my MacBook Pro, on, and then my Mac, you know, all my screens on my Mac Pro. So I mean, I mean, I I have literally two Windows devices. And two, you know, and two Mac devices and bunch of Windows VMs on those Mac on the Mac devices at any one time, you know. So, so I am kind of weird in that sense, you know. Well, yeah, I, I find it interesting. And uh, as we were were getting ready to do the show, I saw you tweet about it and asked about it. And thought, well, I, we've got a few Mac topics in here, so I thought I should ask, you know, yeah. what, what's the difference? Because I, I can't. I used to have, I used to have Macs, but I can't imagine buying another one now. Uh, you know, I've got. I got a couple of surface, a Surface Book, a Surface Pro in front of me. Um, if if my we used, we've got a, well, I've got two iPads there, but I couldn't imagine buying a a new Mac, um, you know, to do anything really. I just want to, you know, a custom build, really fast desktop. Uh, no, I get it, I and mean, that's the thing too. Is I, you know, I I, I bought the uh, the HTC Vive, you know, VR uh, headset, uh, you know, a while back, and I literally had no. I mean, you know, uh, so, you know, spec-wise, it's still not really good enough for VR, the Mac. But you know, you should, but you know, obviously, there's like almost no Mac support for VR. I would have to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have Bootcamp on this Mac, but I could boot it into Windows, and and used it with that. But you know, I had to buy a gaming PC just to run the Vive because my, you know, Mac was useless as that, which kind of sucks, even in you know, running Windows, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what that you know that article was. You know, everyone kind of misses the cheese grater Mac, the you know the old Mac Pro that you know people call the cheese grater, because you know you could pull whatever you wanted in. I mean, it was a big desktop. Yeah. Um, you know, it sucked though. I mean, because you know if, if some things weren't supported, so you had to do Hackintosh stuff, and they they just released like Nvidia just released beta drivers for the the 1080 Ti you know video card. So I mean, you know, using that, and I could have I could booted I could have you know boot camped in you know on, on the Windows side and, and and used my you know Oculus or Vive all day with something like that, but. Alas, with the current Mac Pro, you can't do that. I mean, you know, I really, and, and it's the thing, the Mac Pro as it is now, I, I understand for some people, for sure, the fact that it hasn't been updated in three years is probably a pain in the ass, right? I mean, when you need, you know, when you're looking at, uh, um, you know, video rendering or whatever, you need all that, po- all that you know, power, you know, uh, the fastest video card in the planet is only as good as today, and then you want the one tomorrow, you know? But, but if, it, if it's running virtual machines, which most of our, our listeners will, you know, have a, a desktop type of device at home for running lab machines either for work or or for you know stuff outside of work uh, you want something that's that's really really fast yeah right i mean this thing i mean i got you know, i was saying i got you know six it's six core xeon uh 64 gigs of ram i could go up to 128 gigs if i wanted so i can run parallels vms like you know so and, and i can i use that even you know <laughs> part of it is just like laziness so i think you know and i got and one of my vms i run is you know virtual machine manager uh well just, we were talking i upgraded all my machines to 2016 server my yeah. physical boxes and i also upgraded to virtual machine manager 2016 so i had that as a vm on my mac so i can literally just you know if i want to move machines around i can just write you know just run you know Go to my one of my secondary monitors where you know uh, virtual machine manager is sitting and just you know start moving VMs around all day, and that's running off my Mac, you know. So 
Um, and I'm controlling my you know physical boxes down in the in the basement. <laughs> well, I think we should come back to this topic in a, a bit because I, I was interested when you were saying that you've upgraded all your home stuff to Server 2016. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, do the top stories for the day and then come back to that in a little bit. Okay. So it's been like six months since we've I know <laughs> and we talk all the time right but it's like yeah. uh yeah I just never sat down and record well we tried to record what last month and uh uh nobody could make it, well, yeah, it <laughs> me it, and Tom it, were it on and we just we shot the shit for like half an hour and then <laughs> that <was it. laughs> you turned up oh that's so sad but yeah it was and I saw the emails anyone join it I'm like oh sugar uh, I I said I would. Well, I realized, too. You know, I realized it gets late for you guys, too. So. My wife would have absolutely killed me. Um, <laughs> so I, so I, I told her, and then you know, I made sure that she knew it was Easter Sunday, the day before going on holiday. I said, oh, I'm go- I'll, I'll get all the stuff packed. I'll do all that stuff before it. So I, I made sure it was proper clean this time. Uh, but, yeah, the last, last time was not so good. But, yeah, six months since we've done the last one. Um, and... I can't believe it's been that long. So what we're not going to try and do in today's episode is go through every single new thing over the last six months because that is just absolutely impossible. It will be five hours of us going off on a tangent, off on a tangent, over and over again um, because John does it and I absolutely love doing it. Uh, so we've got to try and keep the topics to just a few uh, because already I think we've been going for already 10 minutes and we've not got to the first topic we haven't talked about anything useful yet (laughs) (laughs) well it's all useful it's all argue we never do but you know no matter how long the show is but you know (laughs) (laughs) it depends Uh, so Microsoft Teams right this uh, this was in preview of the last episode wasn't it Uh, and now I don't think was it well yeah I don't think I was part of it the um, but yeah Microsoft Teams has been out for a while um, and it was launched last month, uh, almost exactly a month ago. It was GA on uh, March the 14th, uh, and that's the point, that it, it gained all the bits and pieces that it needs. So from so first of all, if you, if you are literally only relying on this podcast for your knowledge, then number one, other sources of good information are also... Yeah, you've been there. in the dark for a while then. then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and number two... Well, Microsoft Teams is, um, it is, I can think of loads of ways to explain it, but let me, let me think of it from a Skype for Business perspective. Uh, it is a group chat application that brings in other bits of Office 365. Like it, it brings in documents from SharePoint, it brings in Planner, and it brings in all those other pieces. Uh, but ultimately, it's a group chat where you create where you create a team which is attached to an Office 365 group, uh, and then you create channels within it. Uh, from in a wider perspective, it is Microsoft's big competitor to uh, Slack, and yep. more recently, uh, Hangouts Chat, which is and we'll talk about this in a bit. Uh, Google's competitive yes. offering, uh, but ultimately, Microsoft Teams is, in my view, you know, something that is is very very much the 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 biggest UC thing uh, in a very, very long time. Uh, and it is, to me, something that I see as, as being something very, very big for the future uh, of people who are doing UC stuff. Uh, but it, it begs a question that I've, I've heard from, from many people, but 
I've certainly got a view that it's not right, where people say, well, now we've got teams, what's the point of of, of having uh, the Skype for Business client installed at all? And I think even on the user voice, the question has been asked uh, in not a, an arrogant sort of way, but come on, tell us, what do you use the Skype for Business client for when you've got teams? Do you see people moving away from using the Skype for Business client in the future and just using teams? Well, I mean, Microsoft, I don't, I mean, that's the thing right now. They're not sort of really being um, clear on what the plan is, right? Because obviously there's overlap in function. You know, we were just saying, you're saying, like, there's kind of overlap in functionality. It kind of makes sense to wrap teams around the client, sort of, and bring all the stuff from the Skype business client to me anyway, because it's a one stop shop now for all those, you know. So, I mean, that, that, you know, the Skype modalities are just a, a subset of modalities for the, te- for the team's client to me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can't imagine long term that they're not going to be one thing, especially because, you know, the equivalent in Skype for business to what Teams core, you know, bit with just chat, persistent chat, is persistent chat, right? Which is now basically in, you know, it's in maintenance mode. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be ever, you know, so, so it's obviously this fills a hole that is in the Skype for business, cl- you know, product anyway, especially, you know, and that's on-prem only there's no you know obviously never going to be peachhead in in the cloud right and this is it right so so you know it, it's pretty obvious to me that i think they're going to start bumping into each other more you know um and uh, uh well, that, I, that I, I think it's thing. cool i mean i don't well, you know while it was in preview that was the first thing it did it they bumped into each other because on the very first releases you'd get notifications in both uh and right. people very annoyed by that uh i think sometimes when you get an update for the the team's client it re-enables those notifications yet again, uh, or at least I think the, the GA right. update did. Um, so bumping into each other, and, and of course, when you get notifications in two apps, people using it go, "Well, why have I got you know?" And installed? I, I think, uh, I mean, I think Teams is kick-ass, and I and, and I've really only you know, I, when as soon as it came, it came out, I started messing with it, and I'm like, "Okay, this is cool." We're trying to get, I'm trying to get people to adopt it more at, at, at work, but yeah. Um, but uh, it's cool, and I love the fact that they, you know, simultaneously came out with like clients for every platform under the sun, pretty much. You know, Mac, mobile, um, and they're all really good. My only thing, though, is, and I guess maybe I'm just, you know, thick. Uh, but I, you know, it, it, it's not intuitive sometimes to me, in any way. I, this is just all my opinion. Like, I didn't really even know like like connectors were in there until I'm like, okay, what's a connector? I'm like, oh, that's all, you know. And once I figured it out, I'm like. Oh, that's so cool! Like, so right now I have you know the Skype for business, the, the you know the, the hashtag for Skype for, for business, in a in a channel, you know, a connector, um, and uh, you know, and then yeah, the, you know that that just keeps on going into that into that you know into that channel, um, which is totally cool, you know. Uh, and I've been using it now as sort of a really nice like, all right, if I missed it, you know, I missed stuff on on Twitter because I haven't looked at the client in a while. I, this is kind of like okay, I go find all these you know cool tweets and stuff. So I mean, I'm even just using it for that. It's really cool. So, yeah, so I mean, maybe it's worth giving a little bit more background on on what it does and what's in it and that sort of stuff. So, um, so, so the, if you're just using it for like IM and chat, then you're going to see a lot of extra stuff. Uh, what what it's not going to do is replace your meeting room systems, right? Um, you know, if you're if, if you're using um, Skype for business uh, meeting room systems, then this is not something that to me is going to replace that uh, in the short term or or even the longer term really uh, if you are using it as a, a phone system replacement then I don't see teams replacing that at all uh, but if you're using 
it for group chat or team chat, then it isn't just a chat thread uh, that you can escalate into voice and video. Uh, so in theory, if we were both part of the same company, we could use it to do this part of the show. Um, you know, we, we could start a, a video chat, we could record that uh, and, and, and use it that way. And at the moment, I'm sh- screen sharing a OneNote. Um, so in that case, we'd have a, a team, the UC Architects, and we might have a, a channel for each episode. Uh, and when we were finished with episodes, then we might delete them, uh, we might leave them as is. Uh, and in each channel for each episode within that group, we'd have a OneNote tab. Uh, and as I'm screen sharing my OneNote here with John, uh, then that's what would show in the tab. Uh, it might be that we attach another tab uh, which goes alongside the chat, uh, where we have a planner and we might put in uh, things that we want to include in the episode uh, rather than put it into a spreadsheet. Uh, and it might be that if there's particular things, like we might say, well, there's uh, three big announcements, we might add a tab um, for a particular website. So we might just add a tab, put a website in, and put in, you know, the launch launch website for for Teams. Um, So everybody who knows we're going to talk about this, uh, go and read that. Uh, And as John says, connectors allow us to bring extra things into a channel. Yeah, and there's a ton of them already, you know, and I I have to imagine there's going to be, you know, a billion of them at some point, right? I mean... Um, yeah, and, and so. again, and, and, and it's, I guess it's, it'd be the same. And again, I don't want it to be, be, be sound like a criticism, but I had the same feeling with uh, you know the Office apps in, in Office that have been around for years, right? It's like there's a lot of kick-ass stuff out there, but I don't know that people really do. And does anyone really use this, these? You know, so, <laughs> so I mean, the, the tabs are different to the connectors. First of all, so the, so to finish off the tabs thing, you've got your tabs where you've got like a group chat window, and at the top of the group chat window, you've got uh, a tab for files, which will take you to a bit of the, the Office 365 Groups SharePoint site, um, to upload documents, OneNote, and so on. Uh, but uh, the connectors, if you're familiar with Office 365 Groups, they're the ones that come from Outlook's connectors as well. Um, so you can choose to... And what One of the cool things is you can add bots. So if you're familiar with the bot framework... Yeah, yeah, I was going to talk about following that. Following Tom Alden from Modality, people like that, who are building... Uh, who, who are building bots with the bot framework, then you can bring those bots straight into your channel uh, and start using right. those. I was actually just, just literally just using the Hipmunk one for travel. Like So it's like... I, so I think we're planning on going to Manchester in December. Yeah. Um, and it's like, hey, I want to fly. You know, I'm, I'm literally just typing this in the Hipmunk, and it's and it, you know, and it's like, oh, it, it, it's going to look for flights for me. I'm like, that's really cool, you know. Yeah, and uh, and you can do it for polls and things like that. So effectively, it's like extensibility for for, for the group chat uh, without making it super super complicated, and it's portable as well, so you can use it in other places. Uh, so you know, as as you say, you you can bring in RSS feeds, Twitter accounts, and things like that. So again, for if we if we had a a, a channel. Um, for the UC architects, we might have one where we talk about new stuff apart from episodes, and we might have connectors to bring in RSS feeds from all the stuff that we think is is relevant. So uh, we can bring in an RSS feed uh, that will make a new post in the group chat, and then we can have a conversation, a threaded conversation underneath that RSS chat. Um, you know, a bit like you can use things like if this then that to, to post to Yammer, yep. but yep. without needing to to do anything like that. It's built in. It's built into the the client. So, it, so when we're thinking about it from that perspective, uh, 
it's quite different to what you might do with with Skype for Business. Uh, but separately, it's different to like enterprise social like Yammer, where you are talking to the whole company most of the time. It is just for our group, you know, to talk about our stuff. Uh, we're not we're working out loud amongst ourselves in the same way that we you know we can be open, we can have in jokes, uh, whereas you wouldn't on something like Yammer, uh, you know, because it's it's different to that kind of thing. Uh, and I think the other thing is that I. I, I sort of didn't get to start with was well, why would I want to do IM to a to single person rather than do it via Skype for business? And right, I've probably had four conversations over Teams. I don't do it a lot, but one of the one, one of the things that you might do uh, is if you're if you're using it for one to one IM, then you can share files through it. You can do the same stuff like adding tabs to your your long-term persistent chat with one person uh, so if there's someone that you chat to a lot then you can just like sticky all the normal sort of things and, and of course you can use like those giffy things where you can put in stupid things <laughs> uh, I was just actually I was having which are actually pretty cool I, I guess you know but you know well yeah. I, you know I understand you know they're, 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 you know that, that's the thing they're, they're going after slack right so they have to support all those things um, millennial, I hate the word, you know, they used to say it this millennial. way, but, you know, millennials are going to want animated GIFs and all that crap and whatever, oh, you know. Uh, it's, it's it is like, what it is, so they got to put it in there now. You know? I'm sharing my screen with you, and that, that, I don't think these are millennial things. Well, I think it's like, that, you know... That it's, isn't it's, a millennial in-joke. Could I be wearing any more clothes? That isn't... Uh, millennials go, sorry, I wasn't born then. Well, the, the millennials that work at my company... <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, that's the you know that that's the kind of stuff that you can't do in a normal Skype for Business chat. Or if you do, it just doesn't come across as well when you paste in uh, a GIF and the other person has to download it and then it opens and doesn't animate and it's just not as good. Um, so there's there's some cool stuff that you can do in in it that you can't do outside um, of the Microsoft Teams client. Uh, but of course, you know I can't. Cool. I, I can't have a, a chat with you. We couldn't do this episode over it just yet because it doesn't support yet external chat uh, with other people. Right? Doesn't it support? Yeah, that's a major problem right now. But you know that's going to get fixed, right? Right. There's no yes. way to take you know anonymous people from outside the organization in, in, into it. Which is oh slacking, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's a it's a big ask. Um, yeah, so, I mean, well, you know it's coming, right? But it's it's, uh, it's a question of just when, you know. Yeah, so it's uh, I don't know I don't think it's a secret. It's coming this year, kind of thing, or or maybe sooner than that. Um, so what did it get at um, at GA? So well, one thing it didn't have while it was in preview was compliance stuff, uh, which is really important because obviously if you if you're trying to replace persistent chat, then you need it to be able to store or you need to be able to put a hold on messages so they're completely recoverable. Uh, and I think that was you know e-discovery stuff, legal hold, uh, audit logs were all the things that that people needed. Uh, and all of that has support from for, from launch, so you can do that today. Uh, and I mean, do you think that you could see? Do you have any customers with persistent chat, John? Oh yeah. Uh, do do they think? Do they talk about going to Office three six five? Uh, <laughs> you know, there is a probably probably some sort of uh, correlation. You can do like a, a graphing of people who are still running PChat. Maybe yeah. you know on-prem forever type people. <laughs> so usually they are different. Well, again, remember PeaChat typically. What's you know well, what's that, left of PeaChat is you big. Say, you know, they're the kind of customers yeah. I'm I'm working with. You know, banks, uh, right. companies that 
deal with national security, you know, in multiple countries. And the, the, those are the kind of customers I see in 2017. Um, and I've got, you know, I, I, I've got a, at least one customer that was talking to us about putting in persistent chat and the subsequent conversation really, because they hadn't got it at the moment, right? So, and they were saying that they wanted it. Uh, and they were also talking about moving everything else to Office 365. And effectively that, you know, they didn't need enterprise voice or anything like that, but that would have brought them back to having to have an on-premises Skype for business implementation. Uh, so again, you know, teams are waiting for teams to be launched because there was no way that, you know, a couple of months ago that it would have all been signed off and would have started the project by then. So it's better to really advise them to wait for teams. Right. And again, so in this, this is probably going to sound like a dumb question since we're talking about it, and I'm supposed to probably know this, but so Teams doesn't, though, use anything from Skype for Business, right? So, like, the, the audio and video modalities are, are all from the Teams client, not, like, so in other words, you don't have to have a Skype for Business client installed, you know, that it's not like it's it's just running that stuff, like, sort of behind the scenes, right? I, I mean, maybe you don't know either. I, I don't really know. Um, because uh, the, 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 that, it does kind of make it weird, right? You know, it's like, uh, why have two media stacks on the same you know it's like why not just to say okay you install you know, we, you know we're technically installing the skype for business for mac client behind the scenes you know what I mean? and that's really the plumbing for this bit i, I don't know if that's how it works or not but uh, uh, i find it interesting well, it, that. It, it isn't it's the next gen skype consumer based uh, business framework uh, somewhere I've got a diagram of how the architecture is, is put it, put together. I um, like to but I, if you can send it to me, because I really have no idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's my understanding of the the stack. Uh, I saw someone tweet a version of this out actually on Twitter, so I'm I'm just I'll talk talk, talk you through it here because it's clearly not uh, a secret. Uh, if people are tweeting about it and the Microsoft Teams team are retweeting this slide uh so the this is can you see my screen here yeah uh, you guys can't listening i know <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being it's good to be a, a presenter <laughs> um so so there's oh, cool. so you've got azure ad which is used for the skype identity uh, it's got next gen calling infrastructure hmm. uh, skype chat web service uh, so those are the bits that that bring together the Skype components, and then there's like a middle tier for. So yeah, so it's a Skype consumer is in essence the the underpinning for the media capability, which which. Uh, yes. And again, and we're using Silk in, in Skype for Business now, anyways. The, yeah, but it's uh, the, the there's some there's some deeper detail on on how that works yeah, for the the media stack. Uh, but it is, you know, it's, it's not Skype consumers, Skype consumer. It's it's everything that's built into it is is completely uh, compliant with all the the normal Office three six five stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's it's not a, a separate environment like um, Skype consumer or Outlook dot com. Uh, but yeah, the, everything to the the end user is presented um, or goes through this uh, mid. Uh, middle tier that, that brings together all the Office 365 services, uh, and then they they sort of drip fed from from different points into the the different versions of the clients. Uh, so it brings. Mm, cool. I, I mean, I I, I like uh, seeing the architecture right because what it shows is like if you've got um, what it it brings 
on this diagram it shows that it brings in Power BI, OneNote. This is in addition to those connectors. Uh, the Office Online for the viewing uh, and editing of, of files, OneDrive for Business, SharePoint Sites, uh, most recently used web service. That So, you know, you, you've finished working on a document in one place, you open up Teams, you can see it there. Exchange for the calendar. All of this stuff gets brought in from using groups as the foundation. Uh, it's almost like you could look at any other service and uh, from another provider. Someone comes up with something completely new and unusual tomorrow. Uh, and Microsoft could use groups to basically build their own very, very quickly. Well, and one, well <laughs> one of the downsides, uh, not that so much downside, but uh, one thing that uh, 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 I was informed of is that we were talking about, I, about how, how cool the, the Twitter thing is, but uh, people have been using the Skype for Business hashtag to put, let's say, less, less than savory uh, pictures. And, and so somebody actually in a corporate thing had that in a channel and like, you know, there was a, like I said, not suitable for work type images mm-hmm. coming from the feed in the, in the, you know, right into the corporate, you know, uh, 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 group, you know, uh, uh, Teams feed, you know, like a client, you know, channel. <laughs> it's like that's that, that can get a little bit worrisome, you know. Uh, I, I mean, again, this is supposed to be for a group of people, though. It's not like, I mean, you, you could go and do exactly the same thing with a hashtag with if they, this, then that. And oh, sure. post it into your all company feed or a big group. Massive Email group. all. <laughs> well, email <laughs> distribution. You could do, or, or when you go and you, you go to a, a station or airport and uh, an airline or, or train company, I'll have some, I'll have a, a, a big billboard um electronic screen that will be showing hashtags from people saying they've had a fantastic time you know tweet with this hashtag and see it on the screen and i think when those first came out and they didn't think to moderate them then people would do exactly that uh so it's not like a new thing i do love the little the meme thing that that cracks me up i can see <laughs> you know i think i haven't really got a chance because no one uh, at work wants to really use it. <laughs> so I kind of want to, I'm trying to make my wife to use it. She doesn't want to use it. I really have no one really to, to use Teams with. It's kind of pissing me off. <laughs> I feel oh, sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why we need external access. That we, uh, cause, cause totally. Again, like, for, for the UC day, the user groups, we, we, we could have a special tenant, but you don't want to do that really, do you? Because that sort of misses the point with it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we, we're starting to use it at work for projects. Um, but mostly we use it for groups of people, uh, specific teams, uh, or virtual teams, uh, rather than, than, than projects. But we are, uh, some of our, our big longer running UC projects, uh, we'll start to use teams for as well. Yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, a stylization of the client, especially on the Mac client, uh, is to me pretty kick-ass. I, I think they did a great job. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, lo- I mean, it looks great. It feel you know, it's flows nice. Like I said, I, I just you know, part of it's my own ignorance. But I mean, just well, the, I, it, to me, it wasn't intuitive how to do some things. But the, the thing, the thing about having uh, you know a pretty much fully featured Mac client from day one, I think, is really really crucial because some of the the types of customers, like media customers, uh, that I'll talk to, that's really important to them. You know, the first kind of questions they ask when it comes to Office three six five is, well, tell me, t- tell me when this is going to be fixed in the Skype for Business client. Uh, you know, specific things that that are particular pain points. So, Teams is a really you know good thing for for them, uh, and uh, maybe not coincidentally, but those are also the kind of customers that have had team based adoption of things like Slack as well that. They're trying to not crack down on, but trying to provide something 
better for. Actually, I, I was talking to one of these customers and they, they did like a big open thing where, um, I mean, when I said I'd do it, I thought, I you know, I'll go doing a demo and an overview of how all this is put together. I thought it was just to redo it for a small group of people. No, they invite, invite people from, you know, anywhere they wanted in the company. Uh, and some of the, the devs turned up and they're like talking about how they can do all this stuff in Slack and develop applications themselves, that uh, plugins for it. So I, talk, I started talking about connectors and how they could do that themselves. Well, that sounds too complicated. So, so you know, so you can't please some people. Right. Well, yeah. Right. Um, but overall, the 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 point was to try and, and show them that uh, this is this is where Microsoft can come and build a completely new experience, and it's delivered to Mac, it's delivered to mobile, it's delivered to PC, web, all at the same time, uh, and they've basically went from nothing uh, to a completely new service in at least externally, no time at all. Because they've got like this box of Lego in groups that they can build anything with. Uh, if you know, if tomorrow they wanted to to redo Yammer from scratch, or Yammer had never existed and they were going to build a competitor for Facebook at work, then they could. That it'd be far quicker to build that on top of groups than it would be to. Well, and, that, and actually, I had that question. So I think I don't know what I think was a discussion we had with uh, at work, but. Um, you know, where does Yammer fit in? That's a good, you know, that was my, that was a question. Like, you know, like, well, what happens with Yammer? I mean, is Yammer still a thing if Teams has external access? Or is Yammer just going to be sort of like, hey, this is an external sort of, you know, is it going to kind of only more be geared as, as, as public facing only versus Teams being, you know, inside and outside? I mean, I don't know, because it seems to me, what's the point of Yammer anymore with Teams? You know what I mean? Like, it, I, assuming you have, you know, public access and all that stuff. Well, I, I mean, I, the, the the old consultant answer is right. It depends on on who you are, and how big the organisation is, and the type of the way type of way that they work. Because you could say for a really, really small organisation, you know, a hundred people, uh, that really all they might need is the Skype for Business Club and Outlook groups conversations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know that would do the job. But it, so, uh, and again, Teams might be all they need, uh, or Yammer might be all they need. But it's larger organisations, I think, where where you do get completely different use cases. Where for Yammer, it is about being able to break down barriers of groups where you are actually actually talking to people across the whole organisation, and you're trying to share ideas outside of your comfort zone. So around Yammer, they've People who are, are very expert at helping with the adoption have spent a lot more time uh, trying to change the reward structure in organizations so that people aren't being rewarded or given bonuses for keeping all their knowledge to themselves, but instead they're being rewarded for uh, openly sharing and working on their projects in a way where every, everybody can see it. Uh, and of course, those conversations are slower. You know, they uh, obviously there is the I ask a question on Yammer, and the whole company answers me straight away, and I get an answer. That's like almost the standard demo, where um, a bit like um, you might do with Skype, where you call someone and then you show them that yes, this can do video like every phone and in existence. Um, but 
with Yammer, the standard sort of demo is, you know, you can get fast answers from you know, crowdsource ideas. So in reality, someone will do a demo of it and they'll ask a question on a Yammer group. And secretly, they've got someone waiting at their end to give them an answer. Uh, and that's sort of that standard demo. But the idea is sort of sound that, you know, you'll get quick answers. But it's not at the same pace as Teams, where Teams is... Well, Tim's, yeah, it has threaded conversations. But those conversations, I think, you know, die within days. They're what you want for coffee kind of conversations. Yeah. In my, I mean, I know in our, our teams, we've got conversations saying, what's the point of having these conversations on teams? You know, it's, it's all sorts. Uh, and conversations where you're talking about what should you do strategically, that, you know, longer type of conversations where it involves more people than just, you know, a small team, uh, then they are better on, on Yammer. Uh, but where you're talking about problems on projects, like you know, if you're in our sort of role, uh, or, or where you are having a conversation where literally it's as if you were doing it on Skype. With yeah, and I see people. too, uh, one of the things I think I, I like about Teams better is it's an actual client, not just a web page. Because there's a lot of things that in, in Yammer, it's frustrating because it's like you try to pay something because you know it's a web page, it doesn't seem to like format right. You know, I mean, it's sometimes I've had problems like it's just like it's sometimes just janky. I don't know. Yeah, and I I, I still don't think Yammer did the, did themselves uh, you know good service by truncating messages when you sign up to get notifications uh, via email because that made you have to go on into the web client to see stuff. So. And you know, I, I still see most of my new stuff in there. I'll go and I'll, I'll go into my email. I'll go into get my Yammer folder, and I'll see I've got a couple of new messages. I'll have a look and see what's important. But then I I now have to go click through into the thread uh, and reply from the web. Uh, but again, these are organisation-wide conversations, but they are slower paced. They don't need need an answer within you know minutes or seconds. I think yeah. that's that's the the difference where. Yammer is, this is, and again, this is completely just my view. Feel free to tell me I am wrong. Uh, listeners at home, in the car, wherever you are, and, and you, John, as well, you know, this is just my opinion. Uh, but Yammer is for public, open discussion uh, over a longer period of time that's searchable uh, by others and you will look for in the future and perhaps reference it. Whereas Teams is more, more about group, private chat, where it is just between you guys or girls and you're looking to uh have rapid quick conversations and it is within a closed group uh where and i know that's sort of the uh the opposite of what you're trying to achieve with yammer uh whereas you know yammer work out loud but the but come on with you know i think people would would be wrong to say that if they're working out loud on yammer then they don't have individual chats or yeah. skype ims with two or three people right and it fills that gap where at the moment, if you were doing Yammer and you had email and you didn't have Teams, then you might have three people chatting uh, throughout the day or maybe four or five people as a team just having a group chat uh, in, in Skype for Business. And it really improves on that experience. Or worse, they've downloaded and installed Slack. Well, that's about 30 minutes of, of Teams. Do you think we <laughs> does anyone care? Everyone might be asleep by now. Oh no! <laughs> well, we'll see. Andy will cut out the bad bits. Um, uh, so the so oh gosh, are we thirty minutes on Teams? Bloody hell! Uh, so there was a couple of points I wanted to to make, um, or things I wanted to tell you about. Uh, there's a bandwidth calculator uh, because 
you know, obviously you've got a lot of the document management system slash intranet type um, Office 365 MVPs who are saying, this is brilliant, you know, it's like the collaboration space, uh, just get on it now. Uh, but also there's the Skype for Business side where, again, you will need to consider bandwidth planning and this is it, this is what you need. Uh, so I think the Skype operations framework has been updated to bring in Teams and there's the bandwidth calculator for working out um, how much it's going to hammer your network. Uh, the good news is on that sort of stuff is things like the traffic flow does work in a similar way to what you might expect with Skype for one-to-one -one conversations and stuff like that, so peer-to-peer -peer stuff rather than it all being moved through service. So uh, when you're looking at the bandwidth calculator, you shouldn't hopefully get you know massive, massive shocks uh, when, you, when you have a look at what's there. Uh, another interesting thing that I wanted to mention, and perhaps this this is more aimed at you know uh, our traditional audience from you know from the the traditional exchange uh, was you know uh, Skype for Business type of of listener, and uh, and the thing that I didn't realise uh, until fairly recently was uh, that Teams, the inventor of Teams, uh, was a chap called Brian McDonald. Did you know that? Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I remember when they tweeted that. Yeah, I was looking at the when you the, the link for the tweet, but I remember seeing the tweet. Yeah. No, I didn't realize it was the same. Yeah, yeah, and who invented Outlook? Yeah, that's so cool. really, you know, if you are a UC person, how long Outlook's been around too, man? I, God, it's it's like <laughs> he invented Outlook. <laughs> I had yeah. to do a skills matrix uh, not that long ago, and I and it was you know exchange experience. Um, Shit, I actually can put twenty years. That's that's just sad on every level. <laughs> like I have been, I am first of all that old, but I mm. can actually literally say I've been working on a chain for twenty that's freaking years. That's impressive, like, right? I mean, it's like it's I, sad I'm, though. It's like oh I my god, been, I was sixteen uh, <laughs> twenty years ago. Hold on, this just shows I'm an old oh, fart. That just makes me feel so old. <laughs> but you obviously we even think about Active Directory. I mean, it's like, oh my god, that's seventeen years old. I mean, it's just like yeah, hard I, to even put I, that I was, in your head. I was like, there you know? for the birth of Active Directory. <laughs> I was there for you know, NDS and NT4, but um, but no. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just Whoa. old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I know. So, yeah, so the <laughs> the inventor of Outlook is also the inventor of Teams. So you know that that couldn't be more of a reason if you're a UC person who comes from an exchange Skype for business type background to say right come on this is this is your thing right uh, this is the thing that you want to become an expert on because if you don't you've got people who are not experts in this area who are just experts in uh, SharePoint which is a fantastic solution I work for a SharePoint partner well, we're good at SharePoint, but also good at other things. So I can't, I can't, I can't say anything bad about SharePoint because now I know it's so so brilliant. Um, <laughs> not laughing at that. I'll reserve. I'll reserve. Yeah, I'll reserve comment because I, I can't yeah, stand yeah. it. Uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, to be it's gotten fair, way better. I'll give it that. But yeah. But. So with Teams, obviously, the documents you collaborate on are other things that glue together a lot of things. You know. Uh, so there's nothing bad about uh, about people who are experts in intranets uh, giving you advice on teams. And again, people who are experts on getting people to talk together, helping foster champions within organizations to drive better adoption. You know, I think it's it's fair to say with teams, there's the, there's a lot of areas where you do need people who are expert in those areas to, to give their opinion. Uh, so if you're a UC expert and you, you see 
Teams is getting adopted, then you need to be part of that group planning for it and making sure that everything works the way it's supposed to work because it go, it, it goes into your areas, 50% of it uh, or more, maybe you know, 60-70% is Skype exchange based stuff uh, it's where it then reaches out to other areas like you know, letting you share a document uh, that it's coming out of the stuff that that's you your your focus and your territory uh, and i think the fact that this is you know the the thing that's probably founded you know outlook that's founded so many careers that you know we wouldn't have a uc architects without exchange and outlook no right? true, know, we wouldn't true. have had an ocs we wouldn't have had a link this is the thing all right so the guy i wouldn't know anything about telephony if it wasn't for exchange right so <laughs> well obviously there'll be, uh, be other telephony systems and there'll be other email systems they just wouldn't be very good uh but well that i think that that's the point right you know that this this is coming from uh a founder of microsoft uc uh so this is this is your thing guys moving on and getting off a soapbox. Uh, so, uh, do, do you like advanced threat protection, John? Um, whether this is a topic that we're going to go deep on. Well, um, you know, do you think I don't we could do half an hour on this. No, I think no, it's I didn't definitely think so. not. <laughs> because for sure people go to sleep. Um, I mean, I can see some organizations that that require it. I mean, mail is you know, my, my personal experience is that every time you add another layer of so-called protection to your mail system, you, you ultimately only piss off your users because your mail is going to be you know, mail is getting bounced to people because oh my god, their DNS records aren't perfect or their DKIM records not right. Blah blah blah. I mean, I, some people, I, I, it drives me nuts. Like, I, you know, I, yeah. I, my mail goes through EOP, right? But mm. still, you know, Microsoft, trust me, how about yeah. you, organization, right? I, I, I can't tell you how many bounce backs I get from corporate organizations like, okay, your DCAM record's not like, shut the hell up, right? I mean, you know, again, if EOP wrote, wrote my mail, you, you should have too, right? You know, it's like, so, you know, sometimes it, I, to my, my thing is like the more you add to these things, the worse it gets for everybody. You know, I don't know. Uh, and I, I agree. I I kind of see the point of third-party spam solutions. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, if, I, you ha- I, if you've I, just got EOP on its own, right, then it's okay. But uh, it's like buying the, the 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 basic package with you know any of these other vendors, and I'm I'm not going to name any of them because I certainly don't want to. I don't want to pick on any of them, uh, you know, in particular. But I I just genuinely think with ATP uh, advanced threat protection, you don't really need a third party spam solution. No, I mean again and I was about like a critique of of uh of EOP is that sometimes it's just way too aggressive. Like I'll get shit that's that's clearly not spam and it goes gets you know it gets eaten by spam I'm like what so I, I I literally have to look at my quarantine, you know, once a day just to make sure that something that, well, that, that I, sounds you know, pretty bad. I think you need to check I, your settings. And I did well, I mean I, I have and I and I did have I did fix my DKIM record because uh, I was getting things in the bounce back <laughs> So I'm like, all right, screw it, let me just go ahead and do this. So advanced um, threat protection, right? So on top of like EOP, which is our anti spam, uh, anti malware, uh, ATP is Microsoft's answer to some of the more advanced solutions for preventing uh, unknown threats from, from entering uh, a first of or originally, it was just covering email. Uh, so if someone sent you an attachment uh, and it passed as absolutely clean, uh, but actually they carefully crafted that. Maybe it was a, a dodgy government entity or, or black hat hacker, and they've they, they've made a special Word document that, when opened, will set your computer on fire. Uh, 
Uh, that's what the pictures show, so it might must be possible. Uh, so <laughs> I want that email. <laughs> I made a picture for one of my msexchange.org, msexchange.org, msexchange.org articles, and I did actually like, carefully drew fire coming out of the monitor uh, when I was doing <laughs> <laughs> if you've read that article then it was just it wasn't just a a piece of clip art I, I actually drew it and I was there going ha ah, this computer's setting on fire this poor person's like that screaming now <laughs> anyway um, the, if a virus set, uh, you know, comes through email sets your computer on fire blows up your TV uh, kills your kids, whatever this this horrible thing might do. ATP will stop that because it'll open it up in Microsoft's data center and set fire to their data center instead of yours. <laughs> and they have plenty of spares, so they don't want to worry about it. <laughs> um, that's that's the theory anyway. It goes in a virtual machine because it's virtual. It's only virtual fire um, that they can then virtually put out and say, no, I'm not giving Steve that that horrible attachment. Um, so they improved that a little bit so you didn't have like a 15-minute where you get an email and then because of the beauty of it, Office 365, uh, what they can then do is they can let you have the email and go, and go, this attachment will arrive soon. And then they can go and update the email after you've got it. So you don't get a second email with it. Then it just like appears uh, once it's been scanned. Uh, and the other thing ATP can do, uh, so originally what it would do is it would rewrite the link in a message. So if you get a link and it says... Um, Hi, I'm I'm Amazon. Uh, I'd like you to click here and sign in, please, and uh, because we want to check your account details. You click it. It goes to a page that looks like Amazon. You type in all your account details, and um, then you realise that um, you've you know a hundred thousand pound or million dollars in debt uh, because somebody has bought uh, lots of uh, stones and sent them to um, Denmark, uh, and you're now. I hate that it Lose your house uh, and your children starve and die. And you end up setting fire to your computer. Uh, so you can avoid all of that uh, by uh, switching on the safe links feature. Uh, so when you click that link, uh, what it originally do is if it knew about that link and they had seen somebody else have um, all these stones shipped to, to Denmark or something like that, uh, then you'd get a thing saying, this is dodgy, don't click here, go about your day, just pretend that email never existed. Uh, and what... Um, what they've added to this is uh, spear phishing protection. So this is where someone goes, I don't like that Steve Goodman. He um, has revealed our secrets for setting computers on fire over the internet and shipping stones to Denmark. Um, I will send him an email saying, hi, Steve. Um, I've got a lovely website for you to go to. Um, you know, it's, it's a free um, new headset for your computer. Uh, just click here and we'll send it you. And I click it and it's not a headset. It's a... Um, a virus of some sort and my computer sets on fire my house sets on fire and i've got nowhere to live now again spit this the protection in i'm perhaps overplaying uh this this a little bit uh, that, those things probably won't happen i should say uh, but what the spear phishing thing will do uh is it'll scan the link before you click it so again microsoft's um, computers get set on fire instead of yours uh, and that's what people often go and buy really, really expensive um, anti-spam protection for uh, from a and other vendor uh, to try and cover, you know, on top of the normal stuff against those things. Uh, 
but one of the biggest new things that has came is it's got protection across the Office 365 suite because, you know, like the compliance stuff, you know, uh, so much other things end up being within documents these days. So the Office client, if you click on a link inside a document now, it can go through ATP SafeLinks feature as well. Uh, so effectively what they're doing is extending ATP across the entire Office suite uh, because... Uh, links don't, don't just uh, arrive at your desk uh, inside an email. They could be uh, sent to you in a document that you are, uh, that's shared over an extranet or, or other means. And it basically means if you put it into Office 365, then you benefit from those same kind of uh, additional protections. Uh, so those are the two cool things that have came. The uh, the extra stuff, the URL destination, where you click it, it'll scan it kind of thing. Uh, 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 so it'll protect you from spear phishing attacks. And uh, wider coverage for ATP. So it's not just about email. It's about the whole Office 365 suite. Uh, I think that's, that's a massive differentiator. Uh, because if you're an Office 365... Your emails with attachments, your documents, are not just an email. They're all they're they're across the service, uh, and that's what uh, your third party protection just isn't going to cover. Yeah, well, I also did learn something as we as you were talking because uh, I was looking at my quarantine and I realized that if you actually go into the threat management and the you know, security and compliance component three sixty five. And look at the quarantine there. It's actually better than actually going into support exchange, you know, exchange admin center and look at the quarantine there. <laughs> go figure. I didn't realize until just a second. So there you go. I learned something. Yay. From what you were doing, but not from what I was saying. <laughs> That's true. Well, you got because I was looking at the article on the advanced thing, and I'm like, I've never, I've never even gone into security and compliance on my tenant. You know? Oh yeah. So, but, well. Uh... Again, it's been a while. I can't remember whether six months ago the Security and Compliance Centre was in Office 365. Um, so you used to have to go to each individual service to switch on compliance settings. So if you wanted to make sure that if I send um, John an, uh, an email and I use a modern attachment where it attaches a link to the message rather than the uh, rather than attaches the actual document. Uh, if I wanted to make sure that that was under hold, I'd have to go into both Exchange Admin Center and the SharePoint Admin Center and configure it in both places. Uh, the Security and Compliance Center lets you do set compliance across the whole suite. Teams, yeah. Skype, Exchange, SharePoint, uh, and so on. Not Yammer. And uh, again, you know, DLP settings, all of the security stuff is just in one place. And that that's that that was I think was a weakness uh, that Microsoft had where they didn't have uh, a central console to control them all uh, for for Office three. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there too. I mean, I, I, I said I. And it makes it I so think. easy. It really I does. Really you know, in there about much, but. Uh, so uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether GDPR is something that, that's on your radar in the states. No, um, but in the UK, uh, this uh, this this new data or enhanced uh, data protection uh, regulation is something that uh, a lot of organisations uh, didn't really need to think too much about in the past, but it's become very important. Uh, so having one place that you can go to to not only switch on these settings but also prove that they're on, provide audit reports uh, is is pretty important. Uh, you know all the. Most of the conversations these days about, you know, for Exchange, Exchange Online, are about security stuff uh, and, and those kind of requirements uh, and getting as much value uh, from the whole suite as possible. They're no longer, 
just about replacing office, uh, which is completely linked to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. And I don't feel like we've got a balanced view on the, the show today because I wanted to talk <laughs> a little bit about Google Suite versus Ooh. Office 365. I can't even say Google without you booing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is this is perhaps um, the least balanced uh, conversation about Google. <laughs> I'm probably going to be the... the, the the more balanced person in this conversation. Uh, and I like to think that I'm reasonably balanced. I've got an Android device in front of me. It's right here. It, it's, it's right by the microphone. It's near your ear, John, this Android device. Uh, have you got any Android devices yet? Well, yeah. Yeah, I got one. Well, I mean, I've, had, I've had lineages. I have a OnePlus One right now. I, use a, you know, I thought you were completely anti-Google. What's happened? I am. I am generally, but again, it's in reality. Reality sometimes. Well, a lot of a lot of it was you know testing the Skype business client. You know, I feel di- I, I feel disappointed. I thought that hell would have to freeze over. Next, no, I mean, and I even actually had somebody. No, I yeah, no, I can't bring myself to do. I think it, <laughs> I think the G Suite's a steaming pile of shit personally, but um, you know, there's some cool things. The setup routine is pretty good, I guess. You know, I'm so spoiled with and so used to 365. I'm I'm sort of comp- you know competing. I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of comparing it the other way, right? It's like all right, well, this is a, this is not as good as 365's uh, you know experience to me. Um, but I guess I didn't know what to expect because I really never used Google Suite. So I you know I really don't use it that much, so I can't really speak to it um, with much authority. But uh, no, I mean I, you know again I was looking even looking at, at upgrading to to uh, the new you know the my OnePlus has got. A cyanogen mod version of, of Android, and, and uh, oh, you know, do I want to put stock or X Microsoft sponsored version? Yeah, right. Um, I you know, I was looking at putting stock on or whatever, you know, but I'm like, you know, what? it's not, it's not worth it. I don't want to bother, you know. No, I mean, I, I mean, Google in general. Okay, you know, I'm I'm not the the, the biggest fan, but I'm, I, you know, I, I will use Google to search for stuff. Uh, I find Google Maps really really useful you know i will use that in preference for my sat nav uh and i know that it's storing a log of every app i open on the phone and what i do in it and I'd, i'm not super comfortable with it but i'll live with it so i'm, I'm not anti-google i'm not a fan of google uh you know i i i'd be perhaps a little bit more hesitant about the kids having uh, android devices uh, unless everything was switched off um but for for me, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, but the, the the so so I, maybe this will be a little bit more balanced than I, I thought, um, because hell has frozen over to some degree with you. <laughs> at least, uh, at least that's the way I remember it. <laughs> no, like I said, I mean the reality is like I said, but, but you know, like, and t- mostly it's just for testing. You know, it's a second device. You know, mm. and for testing stuff and blah blah blah. Um, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't even, it's, it's, even the thought of having to use Android as, a, as my daily driver is so wretched and, and really? painful to even, oh God, no, no I hate okay. it. I hate it like, like seriously, like, like rotten poison. I, I, I just, I don't like it. I, I never have, and I probably never will. I, I, I tried it. I mean, I use it all the time, but I yeah. just don't, I just don't like it. And again, there's, and I'm sorry, there's always going to be a trust issue with me. Uh, and I've used the example of an RDP client, you know? I'm sorry, I'm not going to download an IDP client off the Google Play Store and give my domain creds. I just don't trust anything published there. You know what I mean? So I, unless I, you know, it's a name brand company or whatever. But, you know, Kim Jong-il's RDP client, you know, <laughs> I'm not giving you my domain creds. I don't have any faith that Google's vetted that company. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And I, to me, that's the problem with Google. It's just like it's too open. It's too it's too wild west for me. And I yeah, I'm not trusting. You know, I, I mean, it's bad enough. You know, again, I'm probably the you know a corner case with uh, how many things you have no idea how like 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 core my phone is to me. And just like even the most basic stuff, like it's my key to my house. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's everything to me. So, um, so I. So if you got one of those houses where you can like lean in and go, Alexa, open the door. Oh yeah, I mean like my gate. You know, again, so I haven't. I mean, I haven't had a key, a physical key to like my house in probably ten years, right? Because we have the gate, we have the garage. You know, and you know, it used to be HomeLink open those things. Now, but now, 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 uh, you know, my an app and maybe not my watch now opens those things, right? So like you know. To walk in the house, I open, you know, obviously now, of course, the House of Cards is all that technology. If, if any of those things go away, we're screwed <laughs> because it can't get in my house. You know, you know. Um, but it is funny. Like, if power goes out, it's like literally, like, we are literally in the, in the 11th century because nothing works here. <laughs> or if there's no internet connectivity, we're screwed. But well, yeah, um, I, I, I replaced uh, our doorbell with a, a ring doorbell. Yeah, I got, well, I got a stick up cam for the gate, too. And, uh, and, um, I, I said to my wife, well, should we just get the Wi-Fi things? Um, because we had a, a wired in doorbell. And I, I, and it, it was the wrong voltage in the doorbell, something like that. And I said, well, why don't we just get the plug-in ones? And my wife's like, well, what happens if we haven't got internet? How do you ring the doorbell? And I, I read up, and if, if both, it's not like they'll talk peer-to-peer on a network. They've both got to be connected to right. the internet for the doorbell to ring. Uh, right, same thing with like, my queue is what the, so the powers the... Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I just he, bought another doorbell and, and replaced the. Well, and I was so lazy because because uh, we had some problem with the gate, and so I we had I, I we had I lost my home link, you know, config uh, in the car, right? So I was just using the app in the car from my phone to open the gate, and I finally I got like you know, unlazy enough to actually walk out there and program the home link again. You know, it's like <laughs> this is going so off topic. <laughs> I know, totally. So, we've established that neither of us are going to be super. Um, balanced when we're talking about google versus google suite versus office 365 and to be honest my my sort of tagline for the this part of the the show is are we still having this fucking conversation and there's an article that uh, someone at microsoft like posted uh, from cio magazine um and it is like G Suite, Google Suite versus Office 365, cloud collaboration battle heats up, like, like, like hell it does. It, yeah, I do I, not. I, this is like, it seems to me that article was almost like virgin clickbait because it's, really? it's just, you know, but people it's read like, this and believe it. I know, and I, and I read it because I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, because I, what I see is again probably not the most. Well, it is more balanced because I get. I don't get customers who go, I'm genuinely evaluating Office 365 versus Google. We don't, I never, you never come across those because they, they generally, if they're, if they're doing that kind of comparison, then there will be someone in the organization that wants to go Google, but it, you know, it just will never stack up. And everyone knows it from the beginning. But when you, whatever, when you, the only, the only thing it will stack up for is it's cheap and, just about works for simple shit. Uh, so you know, there's there's that. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, for certain organizations, it makes total sense. I, I why those yeah, organizations would, know, for would, a plumber. Would, would use this over right? Well, again, but still, I mean, but again, for someone I can't, that can't I mean, work a computer. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, like, I guess if you're like, you know, if you're using Chrome uh, books, you know, that kind of app, you know, that kind of device, and Office you know, Office is still better on those. 
Well, uh, you know, I could argue that too. But I mean, well, I, 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 I could see no, somebody, but. you know, who who only use those kind of devices. Uh, any right, maybe cost. So if it's you know if it's a if it's a you know say a school right Chromebook plus a Google account is probably a lot cheaper than a, a desktop management of the desktop and a three sixty five account. Um, for that same school, but on the same token, yeah, to me, you're getting way more. And I, 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 I know we've talked about this before. I mean, I've, I've uh, on, on stuff like that. Oh, totally. And, and I've, give, and give, I've the, give the kids cardboard tweets at lunchtime. Well, I had a buddy who uh, I set up on, on, uh, you know, he's a, he's complete and total, he's a realtor, you know, complete and total 100% like computer novice, not, not mm. tech savvy at all. Right. So he had a MacBook and and he brought over one time and, uh, installed parallels on it and put windows on it and put office, you know, cause there's some things he just, we needed to use office for. And uh, Tim was like science fiction. But anyway, so he's like, oh, I was, uh, he texted me the other night and, you know, it's already like nine o'clock. I'm already half in the bag, bottle and half wine. in. so I'm like, I'm not doing any advanced tech support right now. <laughs> but he's like, I deleted some big files and I basically delete, basically deleted the whole virtual machine. I'm like, well, you're pretty much screwed, right? You know, so I'm like, here, I gave him a link uh, from my NAS that redownload Windows 10. And uh, but I'm like, and I'm like, do you need Office? And he's like, uh, yeah, I think you installed it. I'm like, you know what, though, man? Like, go just go buy 365. It's 100 bucks a year. You'll get it on, you know, five machines, your Mac, your PC, mobile machines, you know, all that shit. And he's like, this is the greatest thing. And it's like, he's like, it's easy to install. It's like, yeah, dude, you log in, you set up your account, you click install. I mean, literally, it could not be easier. And, he's, and he, he, he hit me back the other day. He's like, that's so cool. I cannot believe how well this works. I'm like, I, I told you, you know. Well, this, um, and of course, when we talk about Google, we end up moving closer and closer to consumer stuff. Because it, it doesn't have an enterprise offering. And the thing right. about this article is it is completely looking at it from perhaps a different perspective to to reality, which is, right, the Google stuff is great. You know, you can search in it. Uh, that's what they're good at. And it has a, a mail app that some people used to like. And uh, often, yeah, you'll see a... Well, actually, I, I, in the UK, at least, you don't see plumbers driving down the road with a... A Gmail address on the side, you see a Hotmail or Yahoo address <laughs> really? uh, plastered on the side of it, and, and yeah, so you know, it's, I, I know I, what I see is great. You know, it's great that they give it away for free, but I wouldn't pay for it. Um, well, and the, this article, I think, is is almost trying to redo uh, a, what people used to say like seven years ago, like you know. Uh, Microsoft shops, oh, they'll, they'll stick uh, and go with Office 365, you know. People are forward-thinking, uh, employing millennials. They will be the ones that go and go Google. And Google's line used to be, oh, you know, everybody who's cool and hip and like actually, you know, a person that's been born in the last 25 years, they will all want Google. I just don't think that's true at all because, one, I've and I've said this on the podcast before that you know there is no person actually looking for a job that is not some well apart from people writing books on being millennials and why you should employ a millennial <laughs> those people exist what the fuck um, apart from those kind of people then you know normal people do not go oh you know I think it'd be really great to to come and start this new job but I'm not going to because they're not using Google apps. Well, uh, they th- that is just not a thing, right? Um, I've had I've had customers who are you know, ex Google who said, you know, Google is seen by people as being far more trendy. And it, I just don't see that at all. When it comes to stuff that you do for work, you just want your tools to work really, really well, and you want them to be flexible enough to work in a way that you work. 
so if you work well as a team using something like Slack, that's great, right? But Google doesn't make things like that happen because it doesn't. Well, I was going to say that, that's similar to the argument with the Slack too. Like Slack is seen as more, um, and I've worked at companies that are very, um, you know, very. Uh, I would say. I mean, I, you can't. I mean, I'm not going to say millennial centric, but I mean, they have a lot more younger workforce, more, 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 more. Um, certainly, Mac aligned. Um, um, and they sort of, yeah, the connotation was, especially with Link, Link and Discover Business, that it was because why, why are we using this clunky old thing? You know, the interface sucks. Again, especially when you know, this is before the Mac client, too. So the, 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 we wouldn't even go on that tangent, but um, Discover Business client for Mac. Um, you know, so, you know, it, in the, the mindset, you know, and it's in the same organization, somebody did say, why aren't we just using Slack? You know, like, like yeah. you know, the management's like, no, uh, we're not going to use Slack. Uh, so, so there is, the, the, so, so yeah, you want, you need the tools to work to the way that people want to work. That's important, right? So obviously Office 365 just has all that covered uh, anyway, and Google doesn't. And I mean, it has some stuff. But I don't think it covers all the normal sorts of scenarios. And, and we, we, because if you, are, before. if you are slightly older, or you are you are email dependent, uh, and I, I swear to God, my mother-in-law has actually she didn't even realise that she's had the conversation twice with me. But she's worked for the same company two times, uh, about six years apart, and both times that she started at the company, the first time she said. Everyone in the office cannot stand this Google thing that we have to use. I know I, she has a Gmail account, or you know, uh, but it, it doesn't work the way that we need it to work. We're having so many problems, and she started again two months ago at the same company in a different department, and she completely forgotten about this conversation. Obviously, I it's the only time that that someone had ever in my family came to me and complained about email at work. They never do that, and and she said. Oh, I don't know why they don't just use Outlook. Uh, and <laughs> it is just such a pain in the ass. And this is the thing, right? You've got you've got something like Office 365, which, of course, can work in different ways depending on on who you are and how you want to work. Uh, if you if you prefer to live in a social network and work with your team that way, like Yammer, you can. If you want Teams, it, if, you, if you prefer Outlook, they they can all work together. Uh, and people throughout the team can use groups to collaborate, whereas Google just can't do that. But this article is trying to say that the conversation is still about Microsoft Shops picking Office 365 by default, and I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think Google well, isn't good enough to enter the equation. But it yeah, would be I agree. I mean, you, you, I mean, if you were if you're a Windows on-prem type of company, I mean, I've had zero people that go well let's ditch microsoft you know on-prem solutions and go to google you know like I, i've never i've not seen one of those i'm sure i know they exist right um but and well obviously most capacities i probably wouldn't be employed in a place like that because it's usually i'm the one that's implementing the microsoft solution but um well um I, you know i mean i just don't I, I don't even know who, who that company is or what that looks like because i have not seen I've never i've never seen that you know well, i've i've worked with some of those companies where they're coming back from google um yeah. some by some where the, the team are, are having to do it by choice and some of the team are having to do it because, you know, for other reasons. And um, uh, uh, and in some cases, they never, the, the IT people never wanted to go. The adoption wasn't particularly, you know, great uh, for the Google stuff. You know, it's not like, as Google would say, people just know how to intuitively use it. Uh, you know, terrible adoption story, uh, lots of problems, was never well-liked. 
Uh, and admittedly, they said, you know, we've got to do the adoption for Office 365 because we don't want another disaster. Because obviously, you can do adoption badly with anything. Um, and obviously, that, that that had some some cause to it. But that the reason that I think, you know, both the like being on it, uh, IT department, and the don't like being on it, IT department, uh, have, have something in common. And that was somebody, some executive, just really, really, really wanted it. And thought it was the thing they had to have, uh, and overrode all common sense uh, to make it happen. And and that that's the story I hear. Not 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 a we genuinely thought it was was better. And maybe I won't come across the ones that thought that because maybe for them it was genuinely better, and they're not going to come back. Um, but I I know I. I, I I just don't think that you can have a, a, a review where you say, oh, look, at the, the, that these two are competing against each other. Because I don't think you can replace your PBX with Google Suite. I don't think you can have uh, some of the best uh, anti-malware protection uh, with Google Suite. I don't think you can... And I know they've got Hangouts, Chats, and they've got these... Uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, their problem right now is... $1,000 device they're, things. They're, they've got nine separate, uh, nine separate ch- you know, chat apps. So they're trying to move Hangouts now to be the, the corporate side, you know, the enterprise side, and then Allo and Duo be the be the, uh, the consumer side. I mean, it's just like their messaging is really muddled right now to me. Um, and, and, and my thing, my problem with them is, is, is also that uh, they have an uncanny knack of... Pumping a product, saying this is the greatest thing in the world, and then dumping it two years later when, when you know, so unceremoniously. And, and again, corporations, the last thing they ever want to have happen is, you know, oh, oh yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. This is going to turn into this, or well, this is just going to go all, go all together. Microsoft absolutely cannot um, win in that area. I mean, what about site mailboxes in Office three six five? Well, yeah, I mean, jump uh, in. but that's not, you know, that's a function so much. I mean, Microsoft, you know, Apple, no, but, Google but for is... some companies, they say, right, yeah, I hear we're going to standardize on, and I've got a customer like this, uh, MVP uh, works there and was not happy at all. Uh, understandably, they'd standardized on that in Office 365. You know, you've got a massive multinational corporation that's standardized yeah. in something that Microsoft, you would expect, would support at least until... The majority of customers are off. We'll give them ten years or something like that. But no, you've got a few months. Oh, we've got ten thousand of these. Well, no one else has got ten thousand of them. And those are the kind of things that I think, you know, Microsoft are not not no better than than Google in a way. There, um, but there's there's a problem with the Google stuff where there is a line uh, that can be easily crossed into the consumer app space, where you could give your users the consumer apps and then those might just disappear at some point uh, and perhaps with Microsoft you've got a little bit more say you know you can go and, and shout and scream at the the right people in Microsoft who will have a vested interest in listening to, to what you've got to say um, maybe Google customers get the same but who knows yeah but I just I don't think that it, it it's a it, it's in any way comparable you know even the the hangouts uh, meet stuff is not comparable to to what you'll get with Skype for Business, Skype Room Systems, the the whole thing. I just don't think those really fit together as as things that you compete uh, against. You know, that where's their equivalent to Power BI? Uh, where's all their where, where's their equivalent to the, the EMS suite that that really fits on top of it? And I think 
they might have a powerful platform like Android for work, but they don't have they don't have anything really that that competes to the same level. And I just think that that these articles that are going on about office shops just pick it over over and above the other one. Well, really, what Office three six five is usually having to do is not only replace Office not as a default choice, but as perhaps a complex uh, tough thing to to migrate to and bring across legacy apps that have been integrated but it's also got to you know to to provide value these days it's not just exchange it's got to win over uh, an anti-spam solution and perhaps a, uh, move people across from an avaya solution in part or whole over the next few years bring in a, a, a replacement for another bi platform replace a whole intranet it might have to replace other apps might use nintex or to replace internal workflows that it's got to prove loads and loads and loads of things uh, and you've got to get a lot of value out of it it's not just well, we use Office. Let's uh, upgrade to Office 365, uh, at least not these days. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, there's no, to me, there's no comparison. But again, like I said, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, you don't care about desktop apps and you're, you know, just want a simple um, mail client, you know, and you're browser centric, you know, um, I see as a fit. Uh, I just think that 365 brings so much more um, that I don't even know how, you know, they could even really compare at this point. I mean, it's mm. just like, you know, so anyway, Google sucks. Well, <laughs> the, the, how, how much more do we want to want to go on this? Uh, I don't I don't want to bore people completely to sleep. Because <laughs> um, I, but I, I just think it's a topic that we should that that just needs to die. You know, if you or if you're going to compare, then then don't then then don't talk about things in a way that people used to you know, ten years ago. Really, you, you want to see more interesting discussions about what the differences are you know i'd love to see uh, someone as passionate about google suites talk about it uh, like, like yeah i mean i'd like podcast. to like to, i'd like to like listen to somebody that actually uses it as, as as their daily thing and get an understanding of like you know how they use it why they like it uh etc but you know i mean I, again i think obviously for us, we're usually not in that world, right? We're in the Microsoft, you know, by the nature of what we do, right? We're in the Microsoft kind of ecosystem world. I don't see this. I don't see Google Apps, obviously, because I'm not working no, with no. companies that use it, right? So, so a question to the, to the listeners is if you've got, you know, if you, if you know of any good blogs or podcasts where you've, you've thought, actually, I'm a bit won over, um, I, I, I might consider it point point me in that direction because i i just i'd love to see the other side of the argument because we could talk for hours about our side of it and how we think it that but i i just don't see i was hoping when i click that link i'm gonna see something compelling that, that really sort of challenges the way that i think uh and i i just don't see that uh, enough uh, all I see is people leaving Google to come to Office 365. No, I mean, again, there's obviously ones, and obviously, you know, some organizations want to, you know, uh, you know, aggrandize that and bang that drum, like, oh, look, see, Microsoft's losing. Here's a big win for this company, blah, 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 blah. And there's companies that go that route. I, I you know, I mean, it, 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 a lot of times, too, and we've seen this even with Microsoft decisions or, or, or you know, where another CIO comes in and he's just not a Microsoft fan. So he's like, okay, well, my mission, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to do is get rid of it. I, I, I was doing work for a company who, um, um, you know, years ago, uh, Microsoft brought out as a big, you know, example of a, of a, a good sized company who went all link voice, right? And uh, they paraded him around a link, link conference, blah blah blah. And three years later, they're going to Cisco. Why? Because they have a CEO. They, well, they had a lot. They had you know, problems with, with with link voice in this organization. 
Um, and but the CEO, CIO comes in. He's a Cisco guy. Bye bye Microsoft. Uh, you know, Sky for Business and, Info- and Link Voice. You yeah. know, and that's it. You know, it's as it is. But there's there's a lot of organizations same thing that come in like, oh, you know what? I hate Microsoft. Blah blah blah. It's too expensive. Whatever. We're going to go with uh, to Google. For, you know, and uh, you know whatever. You know, I mean, you, I mean, some of those you can't really stop that train. <laughs> you get in front of it, you're just going to get run over. You know. Moving on to something a little bit different. Um, so, Exchange 2007. Uh, Aww. It's dead. I know. I wish I had a drink. I would pour out. I would pour out a drink. It's never dark dead in my heart. And you know, the reality is, it's I think it was on the, the last. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reality is, I mean, again, so, someone was laughing on the, the last. I don't know if you joined the um, the the MVP, you know, MC MCM calls. Um, um, I, they're, they're always at the wrong time for me. So I was yeah, they're like usually noon for me. But um, someone was talking about. I mean, like they see you, the you don't have to talk about what's on them though. Well, I mean, but there's still people using 2007 is the point, you know, like, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. it cracks me up. And it's like, I, I literally just did one not that long ago. I did a, a migration mm-hmm. to 365 in 2007. And my God, I forgot like where stuff was. I'm staring. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot this. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, there was a time where I could probably could control, uh, you know, an ECP like with my, you know, blindfolded, right? But I'm like, oh, why do you set this? Where was that again? I'm like, I'm like oh my God, I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I still see 2007 on a regular basis. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because obviously people have been moving off it. So some of the biggest projects that that I've got at the moment are going from 2007, uh, or have just left 2007 and, and moved, and it's you know it's it's nearing the end um, of the the project in terms of decommissioning and stuff like that. So so yeah, I th- you know it's still it's still out there. I know um, it'll be missed. It was a great. I mean, it was you know, it was yeah. it was it was way. I mean, especially when it came out, like you when know, UM, like again, like I said earlier. I mean, it was you know, as I was an exchange guy, I didn't know what the hell a, 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 a hunt group or a, a dial plan or a pilot number was. I had no idea any of that stuff. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I learned phone stuff now, and it's ironic, right? I mean, like all these years later, now that's all I ever do, right? Um, but you know, it was that was UM was the thing in 2007 was the thing to kind of sort of get me to understand how phone stuff works you know because it's like a whole new well i don't know anything about this stuff you know um yeah it was, it was the, just, the only you know, version that, ha- that, that could receive faxes yeah well it's also the first product for powershell right yeah. i mean it's the first thing they use powershell it's like yes uh, way ahead of its time for everything else yeah ccr clusters oh, i remember I remember how, how pissed off people got when they said it was 64 bit only well there was that you remember that Big There's route, still oh the God. 32-bit version. Like the last patches uh, that that came out, was still had the 32-bit update roll-ups. Well, I mean, people like people remember people like like we gotta buy all new servers, blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like so what? You know what? You know what? Well, this is HP, HP's right? like, hey, you know, we're or is it even I, compact? I, I don't know. We're, we're cool with it. <laughs> to me, Exchange 2000, 2003, you know, that um, were all about very very expensive storage. Whereas Exchange 2007 was the yep. the one where because I you know I used to be a Unix admin as well, and I had a, a lot of mailboxes on Unix systems, and it was I I, I loved Exchange like it was my favourite uh, of email systems still it's uh, surprisingly and I loved the way that it worked I loved the push notifications in Outlook you know in online mode you press send poof it appeared whereas my key you know crappy unix systems is just like uh you know send and receive every minute perhaps if i wanted to get something through it was slow it was you know 
Yeah. It, it also didn't require very expensive storage either, and I could host lots and lots of users, and I could tune it to work exactly the way that I wanted, and I could run it on cheap disks, uh, and that made a you know I could host more people. Uh, in terms of concurrency and I.O. than I could. Well, yeah, I remember when we even did I mean, it seems funny now, but we actually did a whole, I mean, in my 2007 MCM, MCM rotation, I mean, there was a whole module on storage and, and you know, I.O. and IOPS mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep even just remembering it because I'm like, I don't really give a shit. You know, it's like, but, we all but, know that hard drives aren't going to matter is, anymore, right? <laughs> it's uh, like... There was a PFE that I knew at the time, and he was, uh, you know, he, he was saying, you know, 2007 is going to be so different. It is going to reduce the storage requirements so so much. And uh, to be honest, I, probably a little bit prematurely, um, you know, I I I put 2007 on for uh, a, a a audience uh, for you know, uh, comparatively anyway. Um, but, Maybe a few thousand, three thousand, five. I, I can't remember how many uh, users um, on on um, SATA RAID ten storage on CCR clusters. Uh, and I know you know the customers at that time were were still using SAN storage forward. But I was like, well, well, let's see how well this works because it met all the requirements, and I was very comfortable using SATA storage elsewhere for just as critical email workloads and and i had a lot of success with it and i i, I thought you know to me uh the ccr cluster was was everything i've been waiting for uh it gave me everything that i had elsewhere uh in terms of storage replication failover but it was just so much better uh and well again I mean, yeah, it's like no more no more just no more windows clustering god i hate it i hate it old school clustering well yeah you know it it was not some i i, I didn't like the idea of having uh i, I obviously i needed sand for certain things in the infrastructure that i was managing but for certain, for stuff like email i'd never ever wanted email to be something that i would have a terrible nightmare experience with obviously there's occasions when that happened um I wanted it to be as resilient as possible uh, and as spread out as possible uh, and as replicated as possible. So, you know, single copy clusters um, in 2003 have never been a big a big thing that, that I was keen on. Uh, and when I've worked on them as a consultant, I, I never really liked having to, like, I've had a few where uh, the, the job was to rebuild uh, an entire cluster um, and fail, fail them over back and, and forward. And I never really liked doing that at all. Uh, I didn't mind doing reseeds and things like that in 2007. <laughs> um, I know obviously it's a lot slower than it is today, but I, I that's the kind of stuff that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it was a, fair, you know, it was a, it was a huge wrong. new model. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, you know, 64-bit only, PowerShell, like, you know, everything, mm-hmm. it was, a, you know, because I mean, you could argue like 2003 was just, you know, evolutions of 2000, you know, it wasn't uh, by itself a brand new, but this was like a, whoa, man, this is way different, you know, there's all kinds of new stuff in this, you know, and then I knew you could argue that, you know, everything oh, yeah. since then has still sort of been derivative, kind of, you know, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, major, major advancements and things, but, um, yeah. a lot, you know. Obviously, a lot of the scripts I write need to work on 2007 as well, um, because there's, there's, there's only... For, for understanding what's in an exchange environment, um, you know, mailboxes and so on, there's differences between the commandlets, obviously, back in 2007, but um, there's not a massive difference. The, the, to me, it's things like uh, uh, get, getting uh, 
mailbox folder permissions. Uh, I, I need to do it via AWS. Uh, but I've got AWS, so I can do it. And so I can still do stuff, uh, but it's but it's it, it's less so. Uh, a lot of a lot, you know a lot a lot of the commands that Exchange admins know they they know them better uh, from 2007 to 2013 really uh, than they they do for 2016. Most clients know how to do set client access server well, rather than set client access service. So. So, so I, I I agree. You know, it's it's a bit of a great foundation. Uh, though sometimes people do say it's like the Windows Vista of releases, the one everybody skipped. Uh, but I thought that was a stupid yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, there was a, I know there was a lot of. I mean, I, I installed personally. And I can't tell you how much 2007. So I don't know about all that. You know. <laughs> no, so I I've heard people say it. You know, because I think for. When there was 2010 upgrades, uh, there was a lot of 2003. To me, it was 2010. A lot of people skipped. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that. Uh, maybe it was a different upgrade cycle. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm. So I, I did yeah, a lot of 2003 too. to 2010 uh, when that was coming to the end of support, and uh, uh, and then then there's perhaps less so that went from 2007 to 2013. Just as a total aside, I'm updating my phone. The Facebook fa- f- uh, app on iOS is 363 meg now. What? What? Yeah, what? Huh? People blogging about that. It's getting messy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a lot of code in it to try and find out what you're doing on a daily basis. Tell me about it. Oh, my God. I'm like, seriously. I'm like, what? Look, why, why is this stuff do. downloading? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not get off topic on that. But, <laughs> well, well, um, well, I'll see what I'm on. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, you know. There's, there is a there is a lot of of those out there. You know, the, I think the I vast majority of the projects for going to three six five at least over the last year or so. And yeah, of course, you know, just like the two thousand and three thing to two thousand and ten, it's that going out of support that that's driven some of it. Uh, is is two thousand and seven? Maybe that's tailing off a little bit. There's more two thousand and ten these days, but there's certainly been a lot um, going across. But it's it, it, it was a great version of Exchange. Yeah, and it's funny because like we were saying, you know, we know there's still a lot of it out there, and it's dead. Is you know, it's dead, dead, right? So I mean, you know, some organizations are like, well, we don't care if it's going to run. You know, I mean, there's a lot. I've gotten a lot of uh, people, you know, kind of saying, hey, we're, you know, we got a 2007 server. You, you know, you probably hear this a lot too. Like, we got a 2007 server that's like on its last leg. We need to get off and go to 365 now. So can you help me? <laughs> that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that there. And this I is mean, there, there is those, especially the ones where, you know, they've not been patched properly. Oh, yeah, um, no, seriously. Yeah, I had like a service pack one. You know, and this box had not been touched in for endless. It had PowerShell 1. So I could nothing, you know, your script wouldn't run. Nothing would run. <laughs> None of the tools would run. No, like, there's so, nothing. Wrong well, you, okay, that. you're taking an outage because we got to upgrade yeah, PowerShell well, for starters, you know? The, there is something wrong with it, obviously, but it's obviously been stable and hopefully not been exposed to the outside world <laughs> too much, um, <laughs> and and had lots of other things to to protect it. But it's it's not you know it's not a terrible thing. But of course, when you get to that point, then you know you might find that it's it's perhaps an organisation that grew, but the uh, server didn't, and it's got no high availability on it's not been kept up to, to date with patching and there's work to do to get it to a state where it's it's ready and there's a lot of worry within the organizations to 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 make those changes because they don't know whether it's stable or not really uh, they, they, they wouldn't like to reboot it unless they really had to let alone uh, effectively uninstall it and reinstall it again with a service pack 
Yeah. Has to be done. Has to be so, done. Rest in peace, 2007. We we loved you. But yes, it's gone. Uh, and yes, April the 11th uh, was its, its final date of death. Uh, and uh, it won't stop working, but um, you might stop working if you don't do something about <laughs> yeah, it. What if they did put a kill switch in? <laughs> like, they sent every they sent every 2007 server an, e- an SMTP email. Like, like <laughs> it shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point, though, isn't it? That somebody, but it's not going to be patched anymore. So somebody could send emails yeah. out that that do shut it down and absolutely destroy it. You know, there's there's been you know. I mean, very, very rarely, uh, but especially with things like the Office Filter Pack, where you're likely to find those kind of bugs, where it is scanning, uh, well, or processing messages uh, for things like search. Yeah, you, it's possible now that something could come out that's very, very nasty, and Microsoft effectively would not do anything about it and would just say, "Well, you shouldn't be on it." Sorry, guys. Indeed. Indeed. And so, yeah, if you're on it, it's time to move. Uh, so you also wanted to, throwing in Mac topics to the, the show, uh, you want to say that you've got the touch bar support uh, for Office on the Mac. Yeah, since we haven't uh, recorded in a while, I mean, that was a thing that, um, you know, if any, you know the, 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 the 2016 MacBook Pro has got the touch bar, which is, you know, like a so what's, what is it then? So I've not got a Mac. Um, I've got function keys at the top of my keyboard. Um, what's the touch bar? Well, and essentially it's... It it's like a, something in Thailand. <laughs> um, in essence, it's just a, it's an Apple Watch flattened and made to be a virtual uh, function bar, you know, the function key row. But so it can, you know, can, it has it, a big it, long strap. Yeah, basically it's a big, you know, but it's, it, it literally is running the Apple Watch OS. Um, and uh, so people it's have made running, like apps. The, yeah, it literally is. It's running its own ARM processor. And, it's a separate uh, device inside your device. In essence, yeah, it really is a separate, um, you know, piece. Um, and it's, it, I think, you know, again, there's, there's, so if you like, you know, if you looked at reviews of it when it came out, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, dissension on whether it's useful or not. If it's more of a gimmick, is it getting away? And probably all of those are true to some extent. Um, but Microsoft promised uh, right on that same day, you know, during the announcement, that Office would be updated to to, to you know support. The touch bar, right? And maybe everyone's kind of waiting for a while. And oh, so, so finally, what does that do then? Well, it depends on the app. Right now, nothing. Uh, it only works with uh, PowerPoint, Word, and uh, Excel, and uh, Outlook. So nothing for uh, Skype so, business yet. So what do you get? Do you get the ribbon? Well, you kind of. It depends. It's, it's contextual based too. So, like, so, so for, an Outlook, for example, like if I, in Outlook, um, I get like compose new message, hit calendar. So, like, you know, the, the, so if I'm, I'm in the Outlook app. Just in the main app, right? I'm getting you know these kind of message forward, you know, like message control things. Now, if I actually open a new message, right? Now that'll be contextual for like more editing things, delete, um, file, forward. You know what I mean? So it depends on uh, um, the app, and it changes dynamically depending on you know. Um, so for Outlook, you know, my, again, there's you know there's a one click delete, you know, which is yeah. nice, or one click flag. I mean, it really, it really. I mean, you, you, the problem I think you, you know you have to train yourself to use it. Um, which is probably not optimal, but I mean, once you start getting the hang of it, it is I'm pretty sorry. kick-ass. I'm sorry. So we've got to the state with Mac devices where you actually have to train yourself to. Use. Well, I mean, you got it, it's a whole new paradigm. You know, it's it, it's this thing that's there. I can and just you can, imagine Steve Jobs 
<laughs> if he wasn't, I don't know. It is. It is cool. Can't oh, yeah. Imagine him on stage There's... going, "We've got this." It's, it sounds more like a doc, it's take you to be able to be well to use it. Right? Trying to sell Apple stuff. We've got this new thing. It's called the Touch Bar. <laughs> it's, it's huge. Gonna be beautiful. It's going to be huge. It's absolutely stupendous. And whereas with Steve Jobs, those were devices that people just got. No, I, I can give. Uh, probably unwisely, uh, an iPad to a two-year-old, and they can work it. And you're saying that now Apple... Well, I mean, again, you, you it's more about... You, you've, never it. ha- well, you, you, you've never had this live thing there before, right? So, like... Well, I've got programmable keys on my... Well, uh, yeah, keyboard. right. And again, and same thing, like, you know, if I... And I, and I, I never I do use that, it. I have, right, like, same thing, I have, like, text expander, right? So I can, like, you know, and in, in, in OS X, it's just built in, too, so I can do, like, you know, command special keyboard shortcuts to fill in, like, you know, when I, when I send an email to my blog, so it goes on Twitter to, to do category, you know, uh, to file out a category on my blog, I I send the email to WordPress, and then I put in brackets, you know, so I, if I can do, if I do, you know, uh, open bracket S, it expands the B categories guy for business, right? Yeah. Um, same thing, but if, if there's keyboard commands to do it directly, I don't remember any of those. Um, but anyway, so I guess... Bar it, does. It's like, um, it's like you used to get... I don't know whether you had it in the UK, uh, in the US, but you used to get like, um, like in education, overlays for keyboards. Yeah, exactly. And some of them were like slotting ones. Right. And again, like exactly, they're contextual. So again, the same thing. So in PowerPoint, there's stuff to control the slides. Now they did show, which is still not. Everyone's kind of waiting. I mean, I've been waiting, with, you know, pretty since since the announcement. Um, you know, the Skype, I think the one for Skype for business is going to be really cool. Because you're going to have Hang Up. You know, so all the modality functions like share desktop. I mean. To me, that's one of the pain in the ass things I don't like about the Skype for Business client because it's like, okay, where's my cursor and I want to do this thing and yeah, you know, there's the hard buttons, but like, point. I mean, yeah, I mean, if to answer a call and stuff, I mean, it, I think that's going to be pretty, pretty kick-ass, but so I'm kind of waiting for that. Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm I think Outlook is really, maximize you know, it to get some extra controls. Right, there's a lot of things that are just, you know, and that's why I kind of, as I say, I have a touch screen because I find the touch screen with Skype for Business client, it works really well to like, okay, you know, I'm like, grab the mouse, where's my mm-hmm. cursor? I don't know, I can just hit the, the, the share button, you know, my finger, you know, there it is, right? So it's uh, it's kind of like that. So anyway, so you know, if if you um, if you are um, if you were on the the fast track um, for updates, you would have gotten the uh, uh, update a while back. But now it's officially launched, so um, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Also, they updated uh, Outlook recently, um, and it looks really like they cleaned up the fonts and stuff. It looks really good, in my opinion. I mean, like really, really good. Um, I will have to try to find my Mac and switch it on and and install it. I love Outlook for the Mac. I mean, people don't, you know, may, you know, may not be as full featured as, as Windows, but it's way better than it ever was. I, and I, I use it as it's probably my main email client, honestly, yeah, today. I, I am, I am at the moment completely all PC. So I, I you know, I, I thought I was just gonna gonna go. Well, mine have got a, a proper touchscreen, but no, I, I can see the point in certain apps. I can see how it could be useful like especially the skype app you know if i want to if, if i want to do anything like share a screen or do anything other than mute myself which is all i can remember how to how to do without uh, without having uh the, the the button in front of me then then yeah that that stuff would be really useful if i've got all the core controls and i i guess i can see how you know i, I would use full screen more if i had uh, a, con- an, a contextual um, set of, of functions for the things that I need. So I yeah, think, I mean, they're, they're, you know, I, they, I they, they filed a patent. That. The rumor is that they're going to actually ship a keyboard, you know, for the desktops with this in it, which I, I think would be pretty kick-ass too, because mm-hmm. I, I, I would use it. But also, it's got the Touch ID, which is cool. So, like, you know, you can authenticate. You know. I'm also thinking that that I wonder whether there's a keyboard you can get. 
I mean, I've seen some gaming keyboards where obviously it's really stupidly, they don't even make many of them, where every key can have a, has an LCD in it. And obviously that's a bit bit stupid. And uh, I I guess that unless Apple have patented it completely, uh, then it seems like a, not a, a completely silly idea to have, keyboards where they do have a, a small screen but with an app where you can just customize uh, a bunch of useful functions like f key things yeah and then and then in the built-in apple apps like you know i mean it, it does get pretty cool like photos you can scroll through like or when i like let's say i um i have the mac client um uh i get like i, said, I get a, a voicemail from skype for business i can play it through itunes right because it's an attachment in my email yeah, uh, I can scrub with my finger, for example. You know, it's getting you know, little nice stuff like that. You know, I kind mean, of bringing it. That's where functionality of you have a I phone, the right? Point where I think, well, hold on, but touch, if you've got anyone with a touchscreen, can do that. Right, right. Again, Apple doesn't believe, and that's a whole other. That's probably another entire podcast. It is a different <laughs> yeah. but it's, yeah, it's they're not going to make a touchscreen touch anytime soon. But what? Why? You know, that's well. I mean, I, that was a you Steve know, Jobs uh, thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we, again, we could we could have a long conversation. I mean, I, and I love my Surface where... Pro, right? I mean, no, no doubt about it. But there are times when, well, again, I think boys have more Windows problems. But um, you know, the two sides fighting each other, that kind of stuff with touch. Plus, also, there's the yeah. nature of you're getting fingerprints all over the thing constantly. Right? <laughs> there's that. Uh, I can wipe. I mean, I, yeah, true. I, I mean, I, I mean, myself, I, that I love my Surface. Uh, there's you certain know, times I, when I will go and touch the the screen um, that. That isn't a touch screen. Oh, um, I know. I do that in my MacBook. I unfortunately like that. No. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, because you used to do, and I don't. I, you know, obviously, I've got the keyboard, but sometimes it's quicker just to tap on the screen to do something. And I just got into a habit of of doing that, uh, just for certain things where it's quicker than a shortcut of some sort, and um, to to just tap, uh, like mute and unmute and things like that. Where it's uh, instead of moving my mouse around the screen to be able to do it um, then I can just, I just tap on the screen it's quick easier than doing like Windows and F4 and that's that certain things I'll, I'll then in out of habit go to do and have to stop myself yeah no so again like I said it, it's uh, worth noting um, the other thing I want to point out is uh, they just made an update to uh, the Skype business for Mac client um, and uh, file transfer support has been added so that was updated a few weeks ago have you seen um, it yet? Yeah, you know, I, I have I, – the, the irony is I have it, that client that they're showing, and I don't see how to do it. So maybe – I don't know. Maybe it's not out yet yet. I don't know. But for whatever reason, I can't figure out how to do it. So I don't know. But if it's not out yet, it should be anytime soon. But that was a big ask because obviously that's a, kind of a, kind of a big omission of, you know, another major thing that wasn't in the client that people were complaining about. So, um, you know, they're, they, I got to say the pace of them adding stuff – and getting stuff in the Mac client has been pretty good. I mean, obviously, it's still not perfect, and people are, you know, there's still plenty for people to complain about, hey, this is more going to, but they're working on it, and the roadmaps are pretty clear, what's coming when, you know, and, and I, I think they're doing a big, great job. Certainly, it's, you know, when we said, we've talked about the, the link for Mac client about a trillion times on the podcast, but I mean, it's certainly what we have today better than what we used to have. So, you know, it's not as good as Windows yet, but it's a long way from uh, where it was. So, probably going on for quite a long show today uh, with. A few topics, right? Um, so, uh, and again, you know, recent discussions that, that I've had with with Tom and others. So we're not just going to try and read you the news uh, on every single show. But now it's time for the news. Um, 
but that, that's the thing we're never going to be a show where we're just going to talk and through every single news thing that's up there because if you want to find out the, the latest you know what's happened this week in Skype for Business Office 365 then there's there's other people that, that, that do that and they're and they're, they're better at doing that more regularly than, than we are anyway so um we're, we're, you know, we're a podcast where we want to talk about it. That's why I think we'll always be the UC architects as well, because we're thinking about how this stuff is implemented rather than just telling you what's coming next. Uh, but a few news items uh, of, of things that that are of note. Um, so uh, PSDN Calling uh, has up to five countries now. Uh, Ireland and Netherlands are the next ones to go into preview. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's cool. CCE, uh, Cloud Connector Edition, uh, version 1.4.2 is the, the latest out. So if that hasn't uh, updated for you, uh, you might want to uh, understand where you are. Uh, the uh, Trusted Application API uh, for Skype for Business Online is in public preview. And uh, that's the UCWA really for... Um, for online, for building apps, uh, more than anything else. Uh, so if you need to build a contact center app, uh, you need to build server-side apps for Skype for Business, uh, then this is this is what that does. So the Yeah, definitely read uh, Tom's article. And then also um, um, Tom Morgan from Midwind Modality had some other uh, articles um, about it. It's cool. I mean, it's early right now, and I'm not, you know, I mean, they're not, tons of things that they're talking about what we can do yet but uh, i yeah. think it's going to be pretty big and, and even you know from our perspective uh, at, at, at zero like this is a huge uh mm-hmm. you know for for people to be able to get into the tenant and you know get the data and do things and manipulate stuff it's a it's a it's a huge Makes piece a of easier, you know, plumbing yeah right it's a huge piece that has to you know has to kind of be there we need an api yeah. right uh, and you know, at Tom Morgan, then I, I, I haven't read anything he's written a, about it, but I'm, I guess, yeah. that's also going to be useful for things like bots as well, right? Uh, you know, uh, so yeah, check it out. But not necessarily even if you're a development, it's something that you're probably going to need to be aware of for, for third-party applications that you you look at in the future for understanding how they work with Skype for Business Online. Uh, there's been a few tweaks in the click to run uh, Office 365 Pro Plus click to run UI. There's now a consult transfer button uh, if you're on the uh, Office uh, Insider Fast Channel. Um, Alice has been around for a little while, but worth mentioning it. Uh, regionally hosted meetings uh, is here for for certain customers so far. Uh, regionally hosted meetings in Skype for Business Online effectively means that you your your registrar is in region. Um, yeah, so, that's pretty huge because again, there's yeah, no way to, just you know if you're a UK based company, you you may be on a US tenant, and you know I mean mm. depending on connectivity, well, that might not be optimal. So this is kind of cool. No, no, and having you know c- control over that, it's not just about the meetings. It's it's also where the user signs into the name for it uh, is a bit of a, a misnomer, really. It's, yeah, uh, it's multi geo in a single tenant for Skype for business. Uh, so what else have we got? We've got uh, March updates for. Uh, Scott for Business Server, uh, those CUs will link to. And I think that fills some bugs uh, in Link Server 2013. 
as well because uh, there's an OAuth authentication failure uh, when you've got the January 2017 cumulative. Yeah, I missed this. Actually, I should look at that. I didn't see this. Well, that's the thing. If you, if you just rely on us for updates, then you wouldn't <laughs> have even come across that book because we didn't tell you about the January. No, no kidding, right? Mm, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, again, you know, the uh, how many people use uh, the cross OAuth stuff with other Office apps? Uh, you know, mm. people always wondering like what. What does this OAuth cert do? And it's like, well, it's a long story. <laughs> if you're not using any of these other things, you know, you're not going to really matter. But yeah, that, um, that Office 365 integration as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yep, February updates uh, for Skype for Business Server 2015 as well. So we'll we'll link to those for you as well. Uh, events coming up, uh, a few to mention. So uh, first of all, uh, Andy Price, uh, who does our editing and is occasionally on the show as well uh it's, is the sort of main organizer and i'm on the organizing team as well as uh, are a few others for uc and cloud day uh which is going to be back on the 9th of october 2017 go to www.ucday.co.uk uh it's a free single day event this year and it's basically uh, a, a one day uh, UC and cloud-focused version of maybe a little bit about uh, like Ignite, uh, uh, bringing some of the best of those sessions and others uh, for people from all over Europe uh, to an event in the UK. Uh, Is it uh, Birmingham again? Birmingham, yes. Cool. Uh, yes, uh, at the National Conference Centre. Uh, great location, uh, Birmingham, Birmingham Airport, um, I've been there. Birmingham. Yes, you have. You've been to the, the Genting <laughs> Arena. Yep, yep. I was there literally the other day uh, at a fantastic cinema that they've got uh, just over the road from that arena. Uh, it's a really good place. Um, so you've got an airport, you've got a train station, you've got UK's road network. They all converge in one place, and this is right by there. Yeah, it was really nice because we got off the plane and we still had to walk right, right, right to the hotel, and now yeah. we stayed at the hotel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, the NEC, uh, the National Conference Centre, they're they're literally on each other's doorsteps. Uh, it's a five minute ride in a taxi to where we're, we're hosting UC Day. Uh, so we we've picked there again for the third year in a row, and. Uh, Microsoft for for their UK version of the Tech Summit, uh, they picked uh, the NEC, which is is literally well, it's part of the uh, arena you went to when you came over to see um, who was it you came over to see again? Duran Duran. Duran Duran, yeah. Of well, I got, we got a backstage tour kind of of the facility yeah. too. The, uh, the arena. Well, that's it. You know, even Microsoft are picking that as the location yeah, cool. for the UK. It's much easier to get to than almost any other. Uh, event venue. Yeah, really, it could not be more convenient. Like we said, we 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 took the train in from uh, London. Yeah, and we're like we're like right there. You know, I mean, it's a haul. It was a haul for train to the hotel, but you know, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, so, so yeah, you can fly to Heathrow and, and come up, but most people, especially if you're coming over from Europe, uh, flying to, to the, the the airport, which is like the one of the, the second biggest or something like that in the, the UK. So it's it's great. Uh, of course, it's completely free. And we've got a, an evening event the day before. So if you're, you're coming awesome. in early, staying over, then we make it worth your while. Uh, and I, this is, again, I'm promoting stuff that, that we're doing. Uh, the Microsoft Cloud User Group, which is a UK-based user group. I haven't got the list of the, the other link user, well, uh, Unified Comms, Skype for Business user groups to hand. I'm really, really sorry. Uh, if you've got any, send them over. Uh, so I'm just going to plug a couple. Uh, so the Microsoft Cloud User Group, uh, all over the UK, London, Birmingham, and Manchester. Uh, and we've got events on the 11th of May, 18th of May, 
um, and the 25th of May. Uh, go to www.mscug.com uh, to find out about those events uh, in London, Birmingham, and Manchester. There's one in Manchester, huh? I wonder if there's one in December. Maybe I'll go to it. <laughs> um, the, the probably will be. So looking down the uh, Manchester, August the 24th. Oh, no. Just missed it. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, we run them every few months. So uh, the the next one uh, on the eleventh is in Microsoft Paddington offices. Uh, the next one, the, the next one's the Birmingham one, and then the Manchester one. And I will be speaking at the Birmingham one uh, this time round, and I will be talking about how to stay compliant in Office three six five. And we'll also have Andy Price there talking about uh, understanding Office Pro Plus channels and other stuff. Uh, and last event to tell you about is Office 365 Engage, uh, where uh, we've got a f- quite a few UC architects and others speaking. Uh, so various MVPs from all over the world are converging in Harlem in the Netherlands, just by Amsterdam, on the 19th to 22nd of June 2017. Uh, and effectively, this is probably the, the biggest Office 365 conference um, in Europe, uh, if not the, the world. And some big names uh, are behind the organising team for this, including Tony Redmond. Uh, but of the UC architects, I think we've got Andy Price. Uh, we've got, um, I think Tom Arbuthnot may be there as well. Yep, Tom is there, uh, as am I. Uh, so Tom will be talking about, oh, M- Michael Van Horenbeek as well. Michelle DeRoy, it's, oh, it is like a youth. We'll have to do a show when we're there. Uh, there's loads of MVPs though. Tony Redmond speaking there. Paul, Paul and I'm, Apologise in advance, I'm going to get this up, Robichon. And who else have we got flying in? Hans Brendo, if you are familiar with him. Brian Desmond, Brian Reed, Andy Hello. Malone. Uh, loads. Uh, Andrew Connell, popular speaker. Uh, Alan Byrne from Cogmotive. A ton of people are speaking at that conference. It's going to be really good. Tom is talking about Skype for Business, Cloud PBX in the real world, and Cloud PBX live setup and demo. Uh, Michael Van Hybrid slash Van Horenbeek is going to be talking about securing your identity in Office 365 and why you should care and how to avoid the five stages of grief when moving to Office 365. Uh, And Michelle Delroy, managing Exchange Online using PowerShell tips and tricks. Uh, And Andy Price, I think he's going to be talking about understanding Office 365 Pro Plus 2016, and he'll be talking about, as he's going to be at the user group, um, understanding uh, Pro Plus channels. Uh, And myself, I've got a couple of sessions getting away from Google, uh, best practices for migrating to Office 365. Uh, Said enough about that today. Uh, Options for staying compliant in Exchange Online, what you need to know about migrating to Exchange Online in 2017, uh, and using Exchange Online to classify and secure mail. Uh, that's Office 365 Engage, and there's tons more sessions. It's over a good... Yeah, Chris Goosen's going to be there. Uh, Johan de is going to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of people. Damn. Mm. Oh, of course, yes. Oh, that, uh, that will be an absolute 
absolutely fantastic session then um the secrets of media flows in sky for business that's one to go to for for johan uh i've been to an, an early version of that and i really learned a lot uh so uh, especially if they've got like, a good long 75 minute session that will be absolutely enjoyable uh so yeah office 365 engage.com uh, sign up for that today uh before we finish a couple of things you wanted to to mention Oh uh, yeah, uh, a couple of updates to cool utilities that uh, I like. I, I've been a fan. Um, so Curtis uh, Johnstone, who's MVP, um, has had a tool called uh, Remote UC Troubleshooting Tool Rucked for a long time, right? And it's been around a long time. I use it all the time. Um, it's really good, at, like at querying DNS records for. So basically, you know, you want to check on somebody's uh, Skype for Business or Link environment on prem. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, it could be if it's if it's uh, online too. It'll still help you out. But um, you know, it does a bunch of different things. But it'll, you know, look up all the DNS records for for Link Mobile for you know for all you know every DNS record. See if they're you know published. You can look up certificate information. It's just it's an essential tool that I use if I'm troubleshooting stuff. Uh, yeah. To see you know because you can like look at anyone's domain remotely and go oh yeah I see I see, I see what your federation zip federation till you know so to try to guess this kind of stuff is you know um, great tool. You just update it to make it more uh, more more current. Um, it'll look at your um, um, Skype for Business uh, client uh, you know before the only client types were supported with link clients. So I mean just really good uh, you know really solid update to. Uh, to a wonderful tool. Also, uh, Greg Sheridan, yes. our MVP, um, he's got a utility. Well, he's got many utilities, but um, the Convert Sonus SBC to Word, uh, it's, a, it's basically a power sub script. So you take your, uh, if you if you do a lot of work with, with Sonus um, gateways, um, you know, configuring these are, are not as straightforward as, you, you know, as a lot of things, right? So, you know, once you set one, I like to like dump the contents out so that if I ever have to go back to it, I know where everything's set, how you know things were set in time, whatever, right? So his utility goes in and and and, and you, you basically just make a backup of the config. Um, you extract out the XML file and run the script against it, and it makes a kick-ass Word document that you even like you know you can do custom coloring. So if your company's got like custom uh, you know formatting, you can give it a feed it uh, you know the UNC code or whatever the color codes, whatever. It actually <laughs> some I never use this. One guy like no, we got to put it in the colors. I'm like man, it's gonna take me forever to do this. You know, he's like well you look he says here in the documentation you can just like feed it the thing. I'm like really? I'm like cool. Um, Anyway, so he updated it with a bunch of fixes and some tweaks to what it picks up and, and drops some things that are no longer really relevant. Um, essential to me if you ever you know, do stuff with uh, SBCs, uh, Sonos SBCs. So I highly, highly recommend checking it out. Cool. Any more? Uh, no, that's it. I think. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay. We're uh, two hours. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, we, we've certainly managed Randy. to get the most out of those topics today. <laughs> Uh, so yeah thank you so much john uh for spending your time uh no talking with me this evening I, I really enjoyed it uh and i hope you guys listening to it and andy who's gonna hopefully not have to edit too much uh, hopefully you won't cut out all the good bits uh so finally as ever uh we want to remind you that the uc architects are online why we need to tell you that I don't know, but Pat wrote it once, so <laughs> I keep saying it. So visit our website today at www.theucarchitects.com or follow us on Twitter at The UC Architects. Uh, and if you use Facebook, then be a friend and like us. We are at facebook.com slash The UC Architects. And if you prefer not to mix business with pleasure, then head over to our um, very busy LinkedIn group, the UC Architects, where you can talk everything UC, Office 365, and more. 
For full details of everything we've chatted about today, uh, see our website for links to everything. And we'll see you soon for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to myself, Steve Goodman, and John Cook today. And we'll see you soon. Thank you.